Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Mark is here with you for Arcade Economics. And today I have an update about an initiative that we started a bit over a year ago that some of you may remember when everything was happening with Silver Squeeze. And we heard the comments from Ross Benham of the CFTC about tamping down the silver price and everything else that went along with that time period. And we did do a GoFundMe with the purpose being to raise money to take some sort of legal action against the CFTC, which at least could have offered some commentary on those rather cryptic comments from Ross Benham. As you can see here, we did raise $32,000 towards that. And I wanted to provide an update because there are a few things that have happened in that time that I haven't had a chance to share on the show, but have been meaning to do so. And anyways, today we finally have a chance to do that. Um, the main thing that happened was I was able to finally reach David Covell, who is an attorney that has had some success in some of these precious metal spoofing cases and actually even got a settlement out of JP Morgan on one of them and seemed like the right person to go to with the evidence that I submitted to the CFTC a week or two after the Silver Squeeze movement. And then there were a couple of subsequent submissions there and was finally able to reach them, had a meeting with them, went through the evidence that I had compiled and basically the result of that was that after their initial conversation, I felt it'd be helpful to write a letter, really walking through everything that happened, everything that witnessed, all the things that we talked quite a bit about on the show. Not going to go through the whole letter here today as it came out to a brief 31 pages. Although after the initial conversation I had with Covell's team, there were two main things that I wanted to address. And again, I'll have the link to this in the description field below. So you can take a look through and read it if you would like. But the first was that I was trying to find out what options were available for gold and silver investors for the time period that includes the smash down from $50 in 2011. A lot of the other times when the price has been smashed since then, which certainly based on my conversation with former commissioner Bart Chilton, he confirmed would fit under the category of spoofing. And while there have been a bunch of cases that have gone up that applied to people who had futures contracts, there's nothing that I've seen or come across in regards to people who had actual gold or silver or mining shares that are heavily indexed to gold and silver prices. And the thing that they had mentioned in the initial call was that the problem is that if it was something that happened in 2011, there's generally about a two-year window for which you can submit your claims, which on one hand makes sense, but the fact that the announcement of the CFTC and their investigation didn't come out until September of 2020, which covered the time period between 2008 to 2016, made it hard to submit that within the two years, which would have been from 2011 to 2013. Because again, if we didn't have the evidence or a confirmation by the regulators that there was indeed fraudulent activity, that makes it a lot harder to submit any sort of claim in the situation. So in the first half of the letter, that's the main thing that I went through about what options are available for people who had damages from that that have now been established by the CFTC. 
And here you can see, is there some way a suit claim can be made for damages based on the crimes that occurred between 2008 to 2016? And there is obviously the chart of what happened at the end of April in 2011, where we saw price drop from 48 to 42 dollars on the open. Uh, again, we had a lot of chat transcripts that seemed pretty damning to me come out in the Deutsche Bank case that I believe was in 2016, where many of the traders openly bragged about smashing the price. And there's a couple occasions where you can see that on the day that they were talking about that, the price drops quite a bit. There was one where silver goes down from $39 to $35 on the same day Deutsche Bank and some of the others were talking about smashing the price. And unfortunately, despite all of that, the answer I was left with from Covell's team is that as frustrating and seemingly against the law code as that may be, that really the only options that are available is if it's in that two-year window. Which certainly isn't the answer that I wanted. I know is not the answer that a lot of people wanted, but according to the people who are experts in the law and have had success in, this case, in these cases, that was the answer they came back with. Second half of the letter was describing the events that happened in the Silver Squeeze weekend, January of 2021 into the beginning of February 2021, where price got hammered in the face of substantial buying. Again, we had the unusual comments from Jeff Curry of Goldman Sachs. There were the prospectus changes to SLV that occurred in between the two appearances by Jeff Curry on Bloomberg and CNBC. And then in the midst of that, through the greatest buying spree in history, as evidenced by the inflows into SLV, as well as the physical dealers, the price somehow dropped 10% within a couple of days. So all of that is outlined, the most relevant parts of the submissions I made to the CFTC, of which I've never heard back anything from them on any of those submissions. All of that is highlighted here. As one of the goals I had in writing this was regardless of what the lawyers said in this particular case, so that at least if anyone else has evidence or finds some sort of way of using this, at least there's a write-up that lays these things out, described my phone call to SLV, which had a lot of things that seemed to be discrepancies, especially given what was going on at the time. So again, won't go through this whole letter here, but at least there's a record of what I saw that seemed to be fraudulent behavior. And unfortunately, the answer that I got from the lawyers on this part was that essentially you need a specific trade and a witness to that trade, which I interpreted they're saying essentially you need the person who did the trade to say that they did something illegal or someone who was directly witnessing that. And they said that while there's certainly a lot of things that seem out of bounds here and that seem against the code of the law, there's just a higher degree of evidence that is required to have a valid legal case. Of course, one of the things I mentioned was that perhaps there would be more evidence if the CFTC had been doing an investigation, which they talked about keeping an eye on the activity here on February 1st, 2021, CFTC is closely monitoring recent activity in the silver markets. That was the quote from Benham. I've never heard any follow-up on anything that happened with that. 
which again makes it tough because they're the ones that have access to the records and could possibly provide the information that would be required to have a valid case. Uh, again, if the chat transcripts were released, uh, perhaps that might show something similar to what came out of the Deutsche Bank case. Although, of course, despite the CFTC actually fining JP Morgan for using WhatsApp so that some of the things they were discussing were not public. Now, that was not specifically to Silver, that one, but they did get fined by the CFTC for using the WhatsApp chat. Uh, none of those records, to anything that I've seen have been made public. So the answer that I know a lot of people didn't want to hear, and that certainly I didn't want to hear, is that basically you need a lot more specific evidence in terms of this this person traded this. Here's the other, that person admitting to doing an illegal trade or somebody else who oversaw them doing an illegal trade coming out and speaking again about that which obviously to this point has not happened. So again, I'll leave a link to this letter. So if you would like to go through it and at least see what I raised and the evidence that I have, and certainly if you have any additional evidence, you're welcome to email me at chris at arcadeeconomics.com. And by all means, you're welcome to use this letter if you'd like to submit it to your own lawyer or have any thoughts or ideas of how something can be moved forward. But Unfortunately, after consulting with their legal team, that was what they came back with, which in net means that at least that going back to the GoFundMe to take some sort of legal action, to my knowledge, there is not any legal action that can effectively be taken right now. They also indicated that Taking action against the government is a lot harder to do and something that lawyers are usually less inclined to want to participate in, which certainly is frustrating to hear, yet, again, just trying to pass along what they said. So you can read through the description and see how this GoFundMe was set up. One of the things that I mentioned in here is that fortunately the way this campaign is structured is that people can pledge money and if the CFTC simply answers the questions posted below, the money will be donated to a charitable cause. However, if the CFTC refuses to answer, money would be used to file a lawsuit against the CFTC for criminal and negligent action. Again, it does not seem at this point as if there is a specific action that can be taken. And I've been thinking about what's the best way to resolve this and Basically, what I've come up with is that I'm going to post a note on the GoFundMe page, which I believe goes out to everyone who has made a donation and give people the option if they would like to have their money refunded, we'll be happy to do so. Otherwise, the money that is there, um, part of it, which we used to buy a thousand ounce silver bar and the rest is sitting in an account in cash, that money will be going to a charitable cause. If you do have a particular cause that you feel is worthy, you're welcome to share that in the comments below. But again, I've been meaning to do this update for a while, A, to let people know the progress of what we found, and B, to give people the option again, if anyone would like to have their money refunded, we are happy to do that. Or if you'd like to see the money go to one of these causes, then ultimately that's what any remaining funds will go to. So. 
Sorry that there wasn't a happier outcome in terms of justice in the silver market. Certainly, as you know, I feel there are things that go on which are in violation of any sort of free market pricing and trading. Hopefully in due time, a lot of the selling pressure that is placed in creating unlimited number of futures contracts, which often drives the price lower, will be reversed. But at least in terms of where we're at now with this thing, did want to share that update and let people know that all of the money is still either in that silver bar or in an account and will, as promised, go to a worthy charitable cause, thinking that we will probably do a couple of them and break the amount up. But again, if you would like a refund of the contribution you made, you'll be getting an email shortly with this update. And we're happy to do that because I really appreciate everyone who cared enough to submit money to this initiative. Sorry that we didn't have a different outcome, but did want to make sure that people knew that it was being handled responsibly. And anyway, that's today's update. So with that said, going to wrap up for here, but hope you're doing well out there. Hopefully better times ahead in terms of the whole situation, but that is the update with the GoFundMe. Thanks as always for checking in and I will see you again soon.